Hey, and welcome to Into the Hobbyverse, a podcast dedicated to uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol and all aspects of the hobby. Uh, my name is Waxy Sandwich. I'm joined by Mori Artis. Hello. Uh, and and this is our this is our first episode. Well, I I don't know how do you want to count it. Is it our first or our second episode? We we released a uh, quiet teaser uh, last week uh, just with some test audio we recorded, but. We're going to call this our first official episode here for, for those uh keeping track for the you know the records uh so how, how's it going warriors how are you doing pretty good man how are you uh doing good i uh though the fall weather has has hit us extremely quickly here i don't know if it's the same out where you are but uh it has been cold and rainy I, i'm not quite in the hurricane that hit florida but i am uh close enough where my weekend has been an inside weekend Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, here, uh, fall means you can go outside without dying of heat stroke. So it's actually <laughs> been kind of nice here. Okay, well, uh, uh, you know, everyone here came to talk about the weather, so um, <laughs> maybe, maybe we can uh, talk about MCP. So, so yeah. yeah, this is our first episode, and uh, we're obviously uh, excited to talk about this. We've we talked about it a little bit in the, uh, you know, the official channels obviously you and i have been talking about it a little bit but um what do you want to lay down kind of what you think about the podcast what we want to talk about sure yeah i i guess for me um i i've just gotten really passionate about kind of painting especially mcp that was what made me kind of grow as a painter and we'll get into that in a bit but uh i i like the idea of you know kind of creating a community i you know i see a lot of growing stuff in like the gaming space there's a lot of people that are working on you know doing tier lists of characters and battle reports and talking about the gaming side of it and i feel like the hobby aspect of mcp is is kind of untapped there's there's a lot to be talked about there there's a lot of help that you can get people um a lot of advice a lot of inspiration and just kind of building a community up that's that's more focused on that side of it i think is is pretty cool that's something i'm excited to be a part of yeah absolutely like i um you know to your point as far as like the the hobby side i, I think there's maybe uh you know, 19 different, you know, battle report channels on YouTube that are, that are all great, nothing against them. But as far as the hobby support, you can, you can post in the fan server discord. You can post on the, um, the, uh, the official Facebook page. And, and now, um, you know, there's an MCV painting library. That's really good. But a lot of it is just kind of, um, Hey, look at my, look at my cool model. Like, look at, look at what I've done. And, and that's great. You know, everyone should be proud of their work, but, um, there's a real lack in my mind of, you know, resources for people to, you know, explore the hobby in a different way and try to improve as a painter if if that's what they want to do. So right. that's kind of part of what we're, you know, trying to do with this podcast um, is to, you know, one, just talk about our experiences because, you know, I like to talk about painting. So talk about our experiences, kind of what we've done with the hobby, talk about um, this, that, and the other, but then also, you know, engage with the community a little bit you know talk to people who are trying to get better or just want to show off their cool models and and uh yeah i, th I think that's that's a pretty um long-winded way of saying that we want to talk about painting yeah yeah i i'm totally with you i agree with all that um maybe we'll refine that as we go but broadly we're just you know i think both of us are, are excited about painting um we're excited about helping people get better at painting and you know, helping ourselves get better at painting. Um, 
So with that said, I, do you want to um, go through your backstory? I, I guess I didn't say this at the top, but this is intended to be, you know, our origin story episode. Um, in the future, we're going to, um, our plan is to talk through the Marvel catalog, kind of say like, okay, starting with the core box, you know, what was our experience painting Captain America? You know, how are some ways that you can make a blue and red color scheme look interesting, different way to approach those colors, um, you know, talking about different techniques, different basing ideas, alternative um, alternative costumes, uh, etc. So in the future, we'll be kind of going through the catalog of MCP using characters to discuss, you know, different aspects of the hobby. But we're going to make you guys listen to us talk about ourselves this episode, <laughs> as this will be our origin story. Uh, so do you want to go ahead, uh, Moriartis, and, and talk about, you know, your introduction to the hobby in the way, way back and, and kind of how you've arrived at MCP? Sure, yeah. Uh, so I started a long time ago. I was actually bitten by a radioactive miniature, and it gave me painting powers. Uh, and ever since, I've been a miniature painter. So, so you've always just painted, you know, excellently <laughs> well, right? You, you've just been yeah, inbred with the talent. Absolutely, absolutely. I was wet blending when I was three. Yeah. Totally. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, I started with two brush blending, you know, after my tragic. I, I fell into um, a toxic pool of resin, but um, I, I started wet blending. So I guess that's the difference there. But <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So for me, it's kind of funny when people ask me how long I've been painting. I, I you know, I think we talked about this earlier. I had a. Uh, I always feel bad answering that question because I, I feel like it misleads people. Because technically, I've been painting for like twenty something years. Um, bit bit of an older guy, and I started painting when I met somebody that played Warhammer. Actually, no, I take that back. Um, I had become friends with a couple German foreign exchange students uh, who played Warzone back before it went under. Mm -hmm. And that was what got me into the hobby initially, but I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, then uh, I got into Warhammer. I wanted to play Tyranids, but they only had a few models, and it was really hard to find them. So I ended up kind of defaulting into Space Marines. I had no idea how to paint red. I wanted to play Blood Angels just because I liked the look of them. And so I ended up with, you know, just either Gray Plastic Army or you know, primed black at the most. And then I would sloppily paint red on like a shoulder pad trim and say that they're Death Company Marines because I could not figure out how to paint black or red or anything like that. There weren't the kind of hobby references back then that there are now. So, I, you know, eventually I played Necrons and I learned that you could, you know, kind of dry brush like a metallic paint on them and make them look okay. And uh, eventually... Years and years later, I actually started working for Games Workshop. Uh, and I, just because I had been going in there to play games and stuff, they eventually offered me a job. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so I learned how to do the very basics, just like base coat, wash, highlight kind of thing. Uh, and that eventually led to the point to where y years after that, I kind of just decided to do my own thing with the hobby and because i wanted to play miniatures games that there weren't really communities for i really wanted to play the batman miniature game i really wanted to play you know walking dead uh miniature game stuff like that and i and you know i had at this point i had a wife so i was like you know what i can make her play with me <laughs> so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna collect the minis i want to collect and i'm gonna paint them and i also realized that 
you know, most people get so intimidated by painting that they just don't paint or they rarely paint. And, and it's, if they just painted it, even not even well necessarily just base coat wash tiny highlights something like that uh, and had their entire army painted it would look better than the vast majority of the people they play games with because most people really struggle just getting stuff painted yeah so I, I, well, well i don't want to interrupt you I, I i just want to add to that point i think a lot of people um see online uh you know everyone online or if you go to the warhammer subreddit you're going to see you know the top 0.05 percent maybe of painters but i you know exactly to your point if you're a person who is in that middle ground that that's not a bad thing you, you know i i want to reiterate part of this podcast is to help people wherever they are in their journey if you don't think that you know you're going to be you know the best of the week for reddit you know or whatever it doesn't mean that you can't become a better painter if you want to i just wanted to pause on that because that's a really good point yeah, no, totally. And what I had realized was as long as it's painted, you know, at least I'll have a painted army kind of thing. And so with Batman Miniatures game, with Walking Dead, eventually Star Wars Legion came out. I just made it to where I was like, I don't care. I'm getting my stuff painted. It might, it might not look great, but it's it's at least going to be painted. And so I would make it a habit to just, you know, base coat, wash, highlight, base coat, wash, highlight. N nothing I was doing was really good. I, I, could, I didn't even understand concepts like contrast where you're going from dark to light or uh, transitions, uh, let alone anything like object source lighting or, or wet blending or non-metallic metal or whatever. I, I didn't, not, all of those were things that I was aware existed and thought that was for like pro painters. I, that for me was like, oh, I, I can't do any of that. But I was, you know, I was determined that I was going to have just painted models. And weirdly enough, just having that, I started getting re regarded when I came in as like, oh man, that guy can really paint. And that was really weird for me because I recognized that it, I was painting rather sloppy. It was just base coat, wash, highlight. That's all it was. But even that was a, a higher step than a lot of people could get to because people were so intimidated by the painting of it. And so that's kind of where I was at when Marvel Crisis Protocol came out. And so when MCP came out, I you know, got the starter box. And at the time I was also painting up a bunch of Batman minis. So I was trying to figure out when I was going to focus on getting these painted. And in the past I would, especially because I was painting, uh, things that lend themselves a little better to kind of an assembly line style of painting where you go, okay, I'm going to take these, you know, 10 models and I'm going to paint the blue on all of them and then the red on all of them and that kind of thing. Uh, I tried doing that with the, the core set of Marvel Christ Protocol. And the problem is, is the MCP doesn't lend itself well to that because, you know, there's like exactly zero overlap between Spider-Man's color palette and Doc Ock's color palette. Like the base is pretty much the only thing that they share. Well, yeah, that and even like um, Captain America and Spider-Man, right? Like ostentatiously, you could do the red and blue, but... You know, Captain America, depending on where you look, is maybe a little bit lighter blue with some more green influence versus Spider-Man, who's more of a true blue. So, you know, even where you think you can do it, uh, they kind of get away from you. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it, it, and I ha wasn't even there yet. The idea of blues looking different than other blues 
or reds being different than other reds, that also wasn't on my radar. It was like, oh, it's red, it's blue. And so I tried doing this assembly line stuff. But the, what changed everything for me was when I went to go do Captain America's shield, you know, it's a disc. It was like, how do you highlight a disc? Like, I'm used to just like, I'm going to wash this and then I'm going to hit it with highlight and then it's painted. But I had no idea what to do with the shield. And so... Uh, when I had been doing the Star Wars Legion models, I, I was doing Empire, and Stormtroopers are just a ton of white, and then Vader is entirely black with, like, a red sword. So it's like, I I had no idea what to do with those either, and so I actually looked up and I found Sarastro's guides on his Star Wars Legion stuff. I'm, I'm guessing... Guy, yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing Fantasy Flight at the time probably hired him to make those, because there's one for, like, everything, and they were existed i think prior to the models actually coming out so i'm pretty sure they just hired him to do it but uh great guides and it so i was already aware of sarastro and i was like okay that's cool well let me uh in that case let me see you know because i I thought i had saw him doing like a captain america so i looked that up sure enough he did he did several of the corset models captain america being one of them and of course his shield was this crazy and and i didn't recognize it at the time because he didn't call it out specifically but it was a non-metallic metal shield it he actually is making it look like it's a highly reflective kind of metallic uh without using metallic paints and i think had he called it out by name and said oh this is a non-metallic metal shield i think that might have put me off from trying it and i probably would have just come up with something else and i wouldn't be the one you know co-hosting this podcast it'd be somebody else but i was like you know what i i guess i don't know what else to do with the shield so i'm just going to try it and so i just kind of followed his instructions on it and i was blown away by how good it looked now granted it's still fairly sloppy transitions are pretty bad the color recipe i used is not what he uses my color recipe was very different and so it it didn't uh it, it didn't come across nearly as nice as what his was but all the same, it was miles ahead of anything I had ever painted before. And I was kind of blown away by that. And, and and then on top of that, what I learned watching that video is this idea of contrast. The idea that if you go dark as you can in the crevices, like either too black or almost too black, and then really bright in the highlights, either too white or close to, uh, it makes the model like pop. Like even if the transitions aren't well done, even if you know you don't it doesn't need to be perfect or even good in any other way just if you get a contrast effect in there and and i want to specify i'm not talking about the gw contrast paints here i'm talking about the concept of contrast which is where you you know a, you go really dark to really light that that in painting they call contrast and so getting that into your model it just makes the model look like popping to the eye where if you've ever looked at a model and went like oh wow that's what pop is right and so yeah that kind of again uh another sorry to interrupt you again but another trick is um if you're looking at your model and you want to see if you have contrast a a great tip that that's kind of going around and you know it is a legitimately good trick is to take a black and white picture on it and what more artist is describing as contrast is if you take a black and white picture or you know put a black and white filter on your model and you can see black to white and that white part isn't literally if you paint it the color white but you can see like maybe a gray scale up then you've kind of achieved some degree of contrast in your in your um 
models, you know, you might hear that referred to as, as value coloration, but that's kind of a, a trick to kind of get that concept across. Adding colors or hues into your model can visually like trick you into thinking there's contrast there. But if you add a black and white filter to it and look at it through that lens, you can really see and it, it, you're kind of punishing yourself or, or forcing yourself to put that contrast in. Just want to throw that out there. Is if you're not familiar with that concept, it's that that's a pretty good way to kind of see if you are getting that or you know look at a model that you like. Maybe throw a black and white filter on it and see you know where those lights and shadows are going. Interesting. That's a that isn't something I had heard of before. I I think I've kind of encountered that accidentally when trying to mess with uh, photos to because. I mean, you could similarly do a whole podcast on trying to get all the settings right on a camera and the lighting effect and all the stuff necessary to just be able to take decent pictures of your miniatures so they don't look all, you know, washed out or overexposed or whatever. Uh, and, and, and and we will, listeners, we will. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, we're, uh, Moriarty will give you all of his secrets to uh, um, how to take a great picture because his are much better than mine. Yeah, it, that, that's been a journey, that whole process of trying to take pictures. And the thing that irks me about it is like a lot of people will think it's camera tricks, but really what it is is you're just trying to get your camera to function the way your eye does so that you can actually see the model the way it's painted instead of, it, you know, because cameras don't know uh, that, oh, I need to control for the fact that there's too much light in the room or whatever. They they don't They don't instinctively know like to to narrow their eyes and you know and this is stuff our eyes kind of do naturally so really all you're trying to do in playing with these settings unless you're doing weird stuff like sepia filters or something that obviously your eye doesn't do uh a, a lot of the times you're you're just trying to get around the limitations of the camera to try and get it to where it looks like the model does in person and that's the trick with the camera stuff and and i'm not you know i'm i'm better at it now than i was but it that's been a journey too if you you know i the blog i started because of the mcp stuff you can go back and look at some of the earlier stuff and it's uh i was obviously very very novice at it but uh anyway where where was i i was uh contrast contrast yes, yeah no 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 yeah. no worries I, I think it's a good aside uh so contrast I, I discovered this idea of contrast, and I thought it looked really cool. And I, I looked it up a little bit and found out that this is a, a big thing that you can get judged on in, like, paint competitions and that a lot of the more kind of professional painters will encourage you to, like, oh, you should push the contrast more in your model. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that with every model. And so I, I, I decided to use MCP as kind of my playground to I'm going to try to push contrast on everything. I'm going to bring everything to white. And that went horribly at first. Uh, my original, like, Black Widow is, you know, because taking black all the way to white is super tricky, especially if you don't know uh, the ins and outs of how to paint black. So I uh, I butchered a lot of my original corset models, particularly, uh, you know, Black Widow, I think, is a perfect example of it. Um, and, and then I, with some of them, I also got lazy. Like, with Ultron, I saw the... Uh, a Serastro guide on him and it's all like beautiful non-metallic metal chrome with like a sky earth reflection and and I just felt like oh there's no way I could do that right now and so I just did like a basic like base coat and and wash on Ultron and stuff like that but long story short what what happened with MCP was I I had to break out of the assembly line style 
because I, I just you can't really do it with MCP as well. And so I had to start looking at every miniature as its own project. And every miniature kind of brought with it its own challenges, right? When you, you go into Black Widow and you're now, oh, I got to figure out how to highlight black on a model where she doesn't have a lot of sharp edges where it's obvious where you would put a head edge highlight or where you would shade or anything like that. And then you go to Doc Ock and it's like, okay, well now I have these tentacles, but now I'm also painting kind of a brighter green and a yellow and, and, and it's a very different challenge than Black Widow. Maybe a little OSL in there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's he's a perfect model to throw in like Object Source Lighting or not Metallic Metal. And, and so I I started slowly, unintentionally challenging myself with each model and kind of changing the way I think about painting with each model. And that's what really caused me to start to grow. And, and then on top of that, I decided that I was going to start a blog on it because I wanted to give myself a motivation to paint. And I know that if I'm kind of documenting it and giving thoughts about my process and saying like, oh, I'm excited with how this came out and oh, I could have done better here and I didn't like this, that that would encourage me to keep doing it. And so, you know, uh, here I am now and I've got, you know, pretty much everything painted for it. And uh, I've grown tremendously as a painter over the last few years. And uh, what used to be, I was a, put it to you this way, at one point back in my 40K days, I literally had 40,000 points of orcs for Warhammer 40K, Mm. of which I had maybe a few dozen models that were painted and they were base coats and washes uh, i was the guy that had armies of of primered models uh, i didn't have much in the way of painting and and now i'm the guy that you know <laughs> i don't get in as many games to put it lightly uh you're, but you're a reformed man you, you yes turned around. <laughs> yeah yeah i traded in my gaming addiction for for like the hobby side of an addiction where I, I don't get as many games but um i you know now i'm really passionate about the painting side of it i really enjoy that part of it and uh yeah so it's it's been a really cool experience really positive experience um but yeah so uh, to go back to you know when people ask me how long i've been painting like i said technically if you count the first time i ever put paint to a model with a paintbrush i've been doing it for like 20 something years but realistically i was doing very very basic painting for a couple of years and then I started taking it seriously and growing as a painter only three years ago. So I, I would say realistically, I've been painting for maybe five years. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, and you know, a couple things you said in there, I just want to emphasize and, and again, tying it to our goals of the podcast and, and why I think that this is, these are great conversations to have is when, when you look at someone's model, you see where they are right now and you don't see the journey of people, you know, um, I'll, I'll get into this, you know, a little bit after I finish my thoughts. But you, you never see someone's first miniature, and you don't see a timeline of all their miniatures up to that miniature. You don't see, you know, oh, I tried painting this a couple of times, and, and you know, you don't see the failure, failed experiments. That's, maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Right. So, so yeah. that's one thing. And the other thing is, um, to your point where you said every miniature in this game has its own challenges, is you have to give yourself that opportunity to to make those failures, right? If you have a, a GW model, kind, kind of my, uh, and I'll, again, I'll get into this, but my um, one of the things that held me back from being a, a, you know, a better painter than I was, or, you know, you always want to be better than you were yesterday. So one thing that was holding me back from achieving getting a little bit better 
was I treated all of my miniatures as, you know, what you said, that unit painting, I want to get this done. So you paint all the blues, you paint all the reds, you paint all the grays, you slap a wash over it, and you and you head out. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that style of painting. I, I don't want to make it, I don't want to sound elitist or anything, because there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But it does make it difficult to, if you're spending all your time focusing on, you know, getting painting within the lines, that paint by numbers idea, it's very difficult to try to work in a lot of these, I don't want to call them advanced techniques, but more artistic type of techniques where, okay, how do I go from light to shadow in an interesting way? What are some mix in colors, you know, environmental light? Where's my lighting source on this? Um, you know, all of these things that you you think about in, I want to call it quote unquote, higher level painting, or at least trying to maybe approach tabletop plus or, you know, beyond that, that don't necessarily come apparent with um, games, workshop games. So the nice thing about MCP and one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast was you, you pick up a miniature, you know, um, you, you finish that miniature, you have a quote unquote unit for the game. So you can allow yourself a little bit more um, time with that miniature to be like, okay, I'm going to do this one a little bit better. I'm going to spend the same amount of time on this miniature than I would on, you know, 20 orcs or whatever, or 10 space marines to meet a unit. And then there you go. Like that, allowing yourself that amount of time lets you experiment, lets you do those failures and um, lets you learn. And then at the end of the day, you know, you can hopefully show off your model to yourself, look at your model from a year ago or, you know, six months ago and be like, wow, I've, you know, I've really achieved this effect more or my brush control is way better. My, my XYZ is really impressing me now. And that's part of the goal of this podcast is to help, you know, hopefully help people um, achieve that moment where you're looking at your model. Now your model six months ago, and be like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm a lot better than I used to be. That that's, that's again, just trying to get back to those goals. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I, I'm totally with you on all of that. I, I, I definitely think the uh, the assembly line, out, and I, I've talked about this a lot in my blog, where sometimes I'll still fall back into like an assembly line way of thinking. And I've noticed that when I do that, I get less impressive results out of whatever I'm painting. I, I really think assembly line is... You know, th- there are times where it's very useful, don't get me wrong. Like, if I were trying to knock out you know, some more Legion units or, or, you know, to do a 40 K army, I would absolutely attack, tackle things in an assembly line kind of way, but it changes the way you think about how you're painting. And so you, you put less effort into, or less thought into like, Oh, you know, what is this part of the model going to look like? Because you're, you're thinking about that part of the model, you know, 10 different times or whatever it is. And so you're, you're just not, you're not putting that level of depth into how you're thinking about how you want it to look. You're, you're trying to get it more just to look like it's that color or like it's that, you know, that metallic or that, you know, uh, ceramic or, or whatever it is you're painting. You're, you're trying to, it, it just changes the way you think about it. And I think in a less detail oriented way. And I think what I really like about MCP is it kind of forces you to not do that. It forces you to, yeah. to focus on that miniature and you end up with better paint jobs when you think like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll, I'll go through my, you know, introduction to the hobby and kind of my origin story. So I, um, I got into Warhammer uh, well, I guess to back up a little bit, I I, I'm a, I was a kid who was very into video games. 
and whenever you know my my family goes to the mall i would always want to be like well video games in every game but i, I would always want to go to you know the games where, where the the game shop gamestop uh or eb games or whatever and you know play the demo games that they had there so one day i'm looking at the mall directory and i say games workshop and i'm like oh man that's a new game store i haven't heard about <laughs> so i'm really excited that's how they I get this game yeah, I go to this games workshop and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, these aren't video games. This is lame. So I leave. And I think like two months later, I walk by the same store. I'm like, well, actually, maybe this isn't so lame. So I go in there, I look around, and I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. So so my dad uh it was was very excited to latch latch me onto a hobby that wasn't video game related. So he, or you know, general game related. So he bought me one of those like paint you know, build and paint sets. They, they still sell them now, but this was, you know, some like five space Marines and, uh, you know, four colors or whatever. So that, that was my introduction to the hobby. Uh, so th- this maybe was like 10 years ago, maybe closer to 15 at this point. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I kind of latched onto that. I, you know, there for Christmas, I got the Battle from a Crag box set. I, I painted all of those, but man, they, they just looked really awful. But I was like really excited about the painting process. And and part of, you know, kind of self-finding the game, like you kind of mentioned, someone introduced you to the game. I I just kind of stumbled upon it. And, and part of the, bio, the side effects of that was I had absolutely no one to play it with. So my enjoyment of the game at the time was mm. painting the models, assembling <laughs> the models, looking at the models. Makes sense. And thinking, and thinking about playing the game, but I didn't actually <laughs> right. play that game too much. So kind of what your hobby is now. Yeah, so exactly what I'm doing now. I, I have not deviated from that at all. So I, you know, so through high school, I kind of painted a little bit more. I got my brother to play a game or two, but, you know, I, I didn't play a ton of, of Warhammer, but I, I really did, you know, keep collecting, keep, you know, painting, but but never focusing on getting through. You mentioned that there weren't very many resources, but one of the big re, re, one of the big things that kicked off my enjoyment of really thinking about getting better was you know like i'm sure everyone has you would see i, I guess at the time it was the box art there, there wasn't really instagram or whatever but i would see the box or these moments i'm like wow that, that you know that's incredible I'm, i want to get there uh, but i had no idea how to do that like a, a huge level of moment for me i thought was uh i bought a wash and i slapped like a green wash on a brown um croup model it's like oh this is the greatest look ever this looks amazing like I have shading in there because everything else I had painted had just been like pretty block colors. Right. Um, so the, the, the first thing that was like a resource to me on learning how to paint was I got a bootleg copy of the GW, like learn how to paint from, I don't know, early two thousands, but this was still on an era where, you know, GW was very much, you have to pay for everything. They didn't have Warhammer community at the time. So I got this bootleg copy, and it, it was a it was a complete revelation. I had never thought about fitting your paints. I had never thought about this, that, or the other. Like, oh man, like edge highlighting. Like I didn't realize that that's how they got those colors on there. So I started working with that video, like trying to do a little bit of that. Um, and then you know, I just became ravenous for looking for these hobby resources for for really trying to up my game. I, I guess a part of my personality is that um, I'm I'm very competitive with myself so i always want to try to push better um i i i really try to if if there's something i enjoy 
it is a specific type of thing I enjoy. I, I really do try to get better at that. So um, for me, that, that that is painting in the hobby. You know, I, pl I play a lot of Magic the Gathering very competitively, so I, I do that as well. You know, my job, I try to be very competitive with myself, but there's just like these certain mixtures of things that latch into your brain and really drive you to be better at them. And and painting is one of those for me. Mm. So, you know, fast fast forward a little bit through college, because I you know kind of fell by the wayside through college. But coming out of college, you know, I tried to pick up painting again. I, um, you know, still really was focusing on that aspect of I'm painting these for a game, even though I never would play them. But um, I'm playing these for a game. I, you know, these aren't display miniatures, yada, yada, yada. Still looking at resources to, to get better. Um, but the, the first thing where I really tried to push myself as a painter was the Warhammer Quest. Um, silver tower box set so that came out i you know i didn't buy it till years later i got it second hand but I, I thought it was really cool really cool sculpts and i was like oh this is an opportunity for me like i've always kind of wanted to be better at painting so let me try to be better at painting i painted like four models from that and i was like man this this takes forever holy holy cow like what what am i doing with my life so i i have i still haven't finished that box set but i have you know maybe seven of the bottles from that painted and and i think that they look okay um for how i painted at the time but i, I was really happy and it, it was kind of interesting to me like spending a lot more time doing a lot more layers i think that was the first time i ever mixed an intermediate color like i always go from you know you start with your base tone a you layer on color c and then you do highlight color d and then you don't mix anything in between um so with warhammer silver tower that was the first time i actually mixed those intermediate colors and i was like wow this actually produces a much more smooth effect yeah um so from there um i i started painting i was like okay like you know I, i'm never going to finish this warhammer box set but i actually really like warhammer underworlds which is kind of their like warhammer fantasy 1v1 game um i'm actually going to try to buy those and paint each of those up as a set like you know, to a higher standard, maybe not like uh, display level, but focusing down on those smaller blah, units like kind of helped me think like, okay, focus more on the details, focus more on technique rather than getting the colors down and finishing. Um, that, I, I think I have maybe seven of those painted, but still didn't really catch on because Legion came out and I was like, oh, Legion's a really cool game. So I kind of, you know, fell off the horse. I went back to the the um, assembly line painting like you were talking about, like getting my stormtroopers done, etc. Then MCP came out, and I was like, oh, you know, I really like the MCU stuff. I don't have, I didn't have a lot of connection to the comics, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, Marvel's really cool. Um, I, I had seen around the Knights games, Marvel game, but it didn't really grab me because I, I didn't have a local distributor to where I lived. Right. But, you know, MCP, you know, being a US-based company, it was a lot easier to get the bottle so i got the starter set and i uh, my girlfriend makes fun of me but i said at the time i said yeah i got this new game she rolled her eyes i said don't worry this isn't going to be you know something i buy a lot of <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting the starter set as like you know a fun board game to play uh, so yeah so, so that didn't work but um it, it didn't really take hold until the kingpin model came out and I don't, I don't know what it was about kingpin but that bottle just grabbed me i love that bottle man i have no cool. idea why I, I really can't explain it, but as soon as I saw that Kingpin model, I was like, "Oh man, I, I really gotta, I really gotta get into this game." 
and and the other aspect that happened is I was painting my B two battle droids, and I was you know trying out those Vallejo airbrush metallic paints. So I was like, ah, I you know I have this Marvel game. Let me let me try painting Ultron, and it was the first time I'd really looked at one of the sculpts. I was like, holy crap, this this sculpt is like phenomenal. So you know, painting Ultron at the same time I you know was in the game store and I saw the uh, the Kingpin sculpt. I was like, oh, this is this is really good. So you know, coming into Marvel, my experience was similar to you, where I, I I maybe started like thinking a little bit more. Like I didn't assembly line them necessarily. I I did try to do like I I probably assembly lined in the model. I wasn't fully cognizant of a lot of the stuff that I think about now, but you know, painting the model, being challenged by you know the different aspects, like exactly like you did. Um, Captain America's shield was um, you know, very intimidating to me. So it was actually one of the last core set models I painted. But um, you know, painting that was a huge moment for me. Um, thinking about different textures on models, you know, all these kinds of things. Just you pick up a model and you, and you think about it and you say like, okay, what do I want to do with this model? I want to try to do that successfully or not. And then you just move on from there. Um, yeah, so, so MCP really helped unlock a lot of that for me where you're forced to do, well, you're not forced to, no one's holding a gun to your head, but I, I'm doing, I was forcing myself to do one model at a time. Each model I did, I either tried to make it the best model I've painted like so far or do something new with it if I didn't want to go all the way because, you know, it's very exhausting to try to paint every model sure. the best model you painted. Yeah, yeah. But at least try something new each time you paint. And, you know, I, I've really enjoyed that. I'm not quite as quick as you. So, so you know, my, this is where my girlfriend makes fun of me. I do, I have painted most of the new catalog. Um, I am one month behind on releases, though. But, yeah, so, so you know, painting MCB, it's really forced me to think about a lot more things than I would normally. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's been great. I, I think that I have grown a lot as a painter. I, I guess my, the culmination of my origin story here, you know, my, my big superhero triumphant reveal um, <laughs> is is um, Nova, you know, was maybe a month and a half ago. I, you know, fortunate enough to live local-ish to, to D.C., so I was able to go. I took a couple painting classes there, which were, you know, really eye-opening on how to think about display type painting. Um, on a whim, I entered my Hulkbuster into the um, the Capital Palette painting competition that is there, and I also entered it into the the MCP event. Had a um, you know a painting, uh, what do they call it, best painted, like a worthy style painting competition. Mm-hmm. So I entered my Hulkbuster into that as well. Um, there, there were a lot of great entries, and I was very fortunate to win um, the best painted and the the MCP worthy style competition. And then I got a silver medal in the journeyman category and the, uh, in the capital palette. So, th- so that did nothing, but, um, you know, flame my ego and, and just make <laughs> me decide that I, I really want to strive to yeah, continue yeah. to do better. I, I have a couple ideas in mind. I'm not sure if I'm going to go, but for the, uh, the actual worthy competition, I'm, I'm kicking around a few ideas of entering into that. So gotcha. yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's been a lot of growth for me as a painter. I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I I feel you on that. I think for me, uh, I have a similar story with paint competition-wise involving MCP. So I had done that shield on Captain America back in the day, and I was so stoked about it. And then this was right around the time that like COVID was shutting everything down. And mm-hmm. uh, they announced they were doing like a paint competition 
and it, it's kind of like they're oh we want to do the worthy but we can't because of covid so here's how you would submit something let's just do a paint competition an online paint competition for fun and so i was like you know what i'm really happy with cat america i'm going to submit him and uh it was a very like last minute there were not a ton of entries plus mcp was still very new like i think at the time the only thing that even had been released was like the core set and then like hulk and modok and uh they had like a best overall and then they had i think two gold place winners and then a few silver place winners and then a bunch of bronze and i got one of the gold place winners for that one uh, and i was like i was yeah huge ego i'm so sure like, i was uh, just a jerk this... for the next week so that was like <laughs> i was like <laughs> oh look at me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> So that was, yeah, that, yeah. that can definitely feel pretty good, especially with, you know, like I said, prior to that, I was a base coat and wash kind of guy. So that was a, that was big for me. So, yeah, well, yeah, don't, you know, we talked about this, I think on our last episode, our teaser episode, but um, yeah, if, if you ever get, if you ever think you're a good at painter, just go on the Instagram and look around <laughs> and there's you know a yeah. million people more, you know, talented than you, but, but the nice thing about the hobby, and I'm sure that you know, everyone knows this is that people are very, you know, willing to help. Like, um, mm -hmm. I, I can't remember, I, I was listening to some podcast and I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about their experience as an actual painter versus a miniatures painter and just the complete difference in the type of communities. Like it would be almost unheard of for, you know, professional artists to kind of quote unquote, give away their techniques unless, you know, they were, you know, retired or whatever. So the, the fact that there's there's so many phenomenal miniatures painters um, out there who are just willing to, I don't know, give up the secret sauce, I guess, is, is I don't want to say unique, because, you know, I, I may be misrepresenting this guy's position, but um, it, it was still really interesting. And part of the reason I like the miniatures community is how supportive everyone is. Like, there are very few jerks um, in the community, and, and we don't intend to be one here, but, um, you know, it, it, it's easy to be a jerk. But it's not it's not easy to be kind and help someone sure. get better. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I want this podcast to be for people. For sure. Yeah, I I think it's a it, my experience is that the the better people tend to get as miniatures painters, the more I see kind of a an openness and a willing to help and kind of more of a it, it's almost like you don't get there. It, like you don't actually get bit by the radioactive miniature you you have to earn it and that process of earning it causes people to kind of understand that it's a it's a personal journey for everybody and uh, you know it it's it's about yeah they probably wished they had had somebody that had that advice and that could have helped them grow at some point and so they're more than willing to give that to somebody else it it, it feels like with miniature painting in particular it's you're kind of learning a craft it's it's not it's not art in the same way that like you know putting paint on a canvas where you know it's so much more open to interpretation and to to just doing weird crazy stuff with, with miniatures there's a much more defined goal in what you're doing with painting the miniature right e even if you're trying to do something crazy with it and some weird color scheme or whatever uh or techniques you, you there's still a more defined goal with painting a miniature than there is painting a canvas so it wouldn't surprise me if uh if what 
what that person's saying or, or what you're you're thinking they meant by that if there's some truth to that 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 community tends to be a little more guarded about helping people because to them the art is more uh it's more personalized whereas in miniature painting it's it's much more like you're learning a craft and everybody's trying to figure out how to like crack certain parts of it like uh you know non-metallic metal or object source lighting or or whatever you know yeah, well, it doesn't help that you don't necessarily get paid to paint managers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's well, yeah. most of us anyway. <laughs> most, of us, yeah. us, us mortals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, so that, that's a that's a good introduction. I'm, I'm sure we left a lot out, and you know, a lot of the details will fill in as as we kind of you know progress through the the catalog. I'm looking at my show notes here. We have a couple of. Um, you know, fun questions. Maybe we could talk about because you know these are just questions I've I would want to ask people. Is you know one thing that we talked about last time, and I don't think we were recording. Is um, what's really important to keep in mind when you're you know painting or you want to improve as a painter is is what your goal is for the hobby and and what you get enjoyment out of. So if, if your goal is to you know get to the game store with something that has three colors on it and and play the game, a okay, nothing wrong with that. If your goal is to improve as a painter you know there are steps to do that if your goal is tabletop plus that's that's okay there, there's nothing wrong with any of the goals it's just what do your what do you want your goal to be and you know sort of framing our discussions in the future want to be around that idea is you know your process should be very goals driven so with that frame of reference in mind and maybe you've already answered this but kind of how would you describe your goals in the hobby uh, yeah, I guess so I would say that um, I, I approached this originally from a I want to have, you know, stuff painted and, and to just be able to go and put my stuff down and play a game and enjoy that it's all painted and I like the way it looks. And I think that's still generally true. I, I think the only thing that's changed now is that uh, my kind of bar for myself, it just keeps getting raised that, uh, you know, now I look at every paint thing as like a, a chance to kind of challenge myself and grow. But I, I also know that, you know, if if I'm going to some huge paint competition where people are coming from, you know, around the world or the country or whatever to, to compete, I'm probably going to get my teeth kicked in. Like, I might do okay uh, if I really bring my best game. May, maybe I'll get lucky in, in place, but uh, I don't expect to. Uh, and, and that's fine. Like, I, I at the end of the day, I am still... Uh, and Sarastro uh, was doing a Q&A and answered similarly to where he just wants his models to look good on the tabletop. And so uh, that's kind of where I'm at, too. That's that's really my goal in painting is I just want to be able to put down my models and be happy with how they looked and be kind of proud of it. Uh, and then, you know, be able to play games with them. That's that's pretty much my goals and to constantly improve. Yeah, I th th that's a that's a. You know, really solid. I, I think my answer might just be ditto to that. Like, um, I think initially my goals were to, you know, have stuff look good on the tabletop and improve. Um, you know, I, I think the fire has been lit by by the small modicum of success that I have to to try to get better um, and, and maybe enter some more of those competitions. But, um, you know, fully recognizing that there's a long road ahead to get into that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it all kind of comes down to getting better at, at painting. Um, right. Yeah. So the next question I have here is, and this is a fun one because I, I actually find this um, hard to answer. So I want to ask you. Uh, so, so you know, you think of people who are like 
very good miniature painters. Um, and, and you think of his style. So if you think of James Wapple, uh, he is, you know, an artist converted to miniatures painter. Um, he does a lot of oil painting. He gets really smooth blends. He, he does a lot with lighting and color that is particularly interesting. Um, and he has a particular style. Uh, you, you think of Darren Latham, one of the, um, you know, I, I don't know exactly what his position is, but he is, you know, high up in the GW heavy metal painting division. And, and um, you know, he has a very smooth style. Or if you just think broadly about the GW heavy metal style, it's like very smooth. Everything's such highlighted. You know, you don't, the, the, there's not a ton of color interest between highlights and shadows, but it's a very clean paint job. Um, I think of someone like Roman Laplace, who has a very gritty style. You think of the grim dark style. Like, there's a lot of these different painting styles. So I, I'm curious how you think that you would describe your style of painting. Like, um, where where do you fall in that very, you know, triangular spectrum? Or, or have you given that a lot of thought? Uh, yeah, that's uh, so that's definitely something that I i see with a lot of other people's stuff like my mind immediately jumped to uh and again I, i'm sure i'll butcher her name here but i think it's katarina gorshka she's this german lady on uh instagram uh, phenomenal paint jobs and she has a very like wispy everything has like swirls of color in it and she uses like the whole rainbow in it and she has a very distinct style like when you see a model that's painted by her you you once you recognize her paint jobs you'll immediately the moment you see one you're like oh that's her isn't it and i for me i I don't know i I guess my mindset has always just been oh i'm trying to crack black my black widow looks awful how do i i need to learn a better recipe and and this that and the other thing and 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 trying to bring stuff to white and then down to black and do the high contrast because it makes models pop and i i get told i i guess I guess if I'm trying to nail something down, uh, I get told a lot that it has a very comic book style feel to it, which is probably, uh, well, I, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably one of the best compliments you could get if you're working on MCP, right? It's because of the source material. But uh, I, I don't know that that's happening as any kind of intention on my part, or if that's just... Uh, it, it, maybe it is a natural style that I do and I don't notice it, or maybe it's a result of the, the trying to nail the contrast part of it where I'm going really bright, and really dark at the same time. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure how I've gotten there. I don't, I don't know that that would be a personal style. Uh, maybe it is. Uh, but for me, I, I think my head is still too much in that trying to unlock the puzzle of of the projects that I'm working on that the idea of thinking of it in terms of what is my style versus you know uh someone else's style it, it doesn't even it doesn't even register in my head like I, I don't I guess I don't really think of myself as having a style but I'm open to the idea that that's incorrect and that I do have a style and I I just haven't I, I don't know conceptualize that in my head if that makes sense well i so so if if i if i may um i i would describe your style as as particularly um i I suppose the word would be volumetric right like it it appears to me that you think a lot about getting the volumes of the models correctly like i'm just looking at the zola you painted because it's right in front of me like your arms are lighter on the top you think of an arm as a cylinder 
the arms are lighter on the top, darker on the bottom, right? That's a distinct style versus Games Workshop. If you look at, you know, um, a box art arm, that thing would be perfectly edge highlighted all the way around. So, you know, you have a distinct style where you think a lot about volumetrics, you, you know, you have a pretty consistent lighting scheme with your models. Like you, you generally have um, the lights or the you know the lighter parts in appropriate places. So, you know that that's how I would describe it um, at a piece. But yeah, you know, you know, it's a question I'm asking you, but then I don't I don't have a great answer either. Like, because um, I I think that my style of painting is is a little bit or, or similar to that. Um, where, where I try to do a little bit more. And and I don't know if it ever like really comes across, but I I always think a lot about color interest um, in models. Whereas if you have you know a red model, you you can paint it red, but a, a way to add color interest to that is um, there's there's a lot of different ways to paint red. You can mix purple into that or mix a blue into that red, and you get like a nice reddish violet. That if you use as a shy light color, uh, sorry, a low light color. That gives you a much different color than if you mix a green, a dark green into that red. Right, dark green right. will generally desaturate red. That gives you like a more realistic looking color, whereas maybe the purple is a more cartoonish looking color. Hmm. Um, so, so I try to think about that with my models. I, you know, I think I'm still generally inexperienced with it enough where it doesn't necessarily read. But that's the only like quirk to my style where I, I try to think about you know, color interest in my models a little bit more. Kind of like, I don't know if, if you've ever heard of Craft World Studios, but um, they do, you know, a lot of really phenomenal work with colors. Um, but, you know, other than that, I think a lot about getting the volumetric right, like getting the volumetric highlights right. Like, it's not about edge highlighting details that are raised. It's about getting a highlight on the areas of the model where a light would fall. Um, you get, you know, if you look at a Zenithal model, untouched that's you know volumetric highlighting right there that's that's what i think a lot about and kind of how i describe my style gotcha i yeah i guess um i i guess i never i don't know i get that's one of those ways i guess that my brain just doesn't work is that never occurred to me to kind of think of that as a style i i guess i always just approach that as well if i you know wanted to paint it to where it looks good on the tabletop and and you know it, in most cases, unless unless something specific is going on with the model, like uh, Amazing Spider-Man, where he's leaping away from like an explosion, right? Uh, there, you would want your lighting to be very specific based on the explosion and stuff like that. But if you don't have something like that going on, you generally just want it, you know, lit from above kind of thing. And so, uh, I, I guess I never really saw that as a style so much as trying to find a way to you know highlight and shade it just to where it looks natural but um well well i guess that's what i'm talking about that natural style of highlighting and shading is is the style right i'm sure there's there's a fancy okay. art term that i don't know for it but like that general i'm trying to paint this to look you know more realistic is is the style oh gotcha okay yeah yeah i i mean i suppose you could yeah i suppose you could say that i i, I guess i had never conceptualized that as a style but i'll take that it makes sense well, yeah, it, it kind of came to the, the front of my mind. It's not something that I thought about for a while, but I, I was listening to a, a podcast of, um, uh, I haven't listened to it in a while, but but this guy was interviewing, you know, one of those painters I described who who has a very distinct style and, you know, asking him, like, like how did you come up with this, et cetera. And for him, uh, it was a little bit falling into that. And, you know, you develop as a painter, 
but how you get to that point where you know i would not say i could fall into any type of style but how he said he got there was looking at what other people did and trying to paint into that style so and taking the best of all of those or the things that he likes from all of those so he would try to do you know the very interesting colors and shadows like very saturated colors in your shadows with a contrast and color on top to try to give that illusion he would do the very realistic like desaturated shallows shadows in your color highlight that up with very you know um, desaturated highlights get that look so experimenting with these different colors helps you see models in a different way and and approach them a different way and you know gives you more tools in your tool belt it's, it's something i've tried with you know to, to semi-success, like I, I tried to paint in different ways, um, but at least you know, kind of thinking about that is is a way to um, you know help grow as a painter. If you know, one of the models I did that with was um, by Viper. Is, is I painted her shadows like a very uh, turquoise type color, and the highlights are very lime green. And I and I didn't play a lot around with the 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 value, like the light and dark of that. I tried to do a lot more with the color interest on that one. Interesting. Yeah, I that's one of those things that uh, the more I paint, the more I realize that uh, there's ways of thinking about things that are very alien to me. And I think what you're talking about with color interest is definitely one of those because uh, to give you an example, I talked about struggling with blood angels, right? Well, uh, years and years later when I had met my wife, we originally met because we both worked at Games Workshop together. Uh, she taught me a recipe for doing red where you actually start uh and and i'm probably gonna misremember the color recipe because this is gw paints uh but it was like scorched brown as a base coat and then you layer up through the reds till you get to like blood red and the idea of using brown as a base coat for red was just it made no sense to me it's like what why would but it's brown it's not red and and understanding that like you don't have to stay within reds like and in fact you'll get a better paint job if you don't limit yourself like that you can actually play around with other colors into the shading and the highlights and it creates a better visual interest it creates a something that is either more realistic or that is just cooler to look at uh that idea is very alien to me my brain doesn't work that way and so the the more I paint, the more I realize that I I need to do stuff like that. I need to kind of shake that up a little bit. And I and I've been trying to do that, like with Zola that you mentioned that I just painted. Like I was uh, talking before the show, uh, I tried to do yellows mixed into his purple highlights. I tried to do purples mixed into the yellow uh, uh, shadows uh, to try and just give it some more visual interest. And I think it works. I think it it looks better than if I had just stayed. You know, the yellows are all just a form of yellow and the purple is all just some version of purple. I, I think it it definitely helps. And and so that's something I'm trying to make myself more aware of and focused on because my brain just naturally doesn't work like that. Well, uh, I wouldn't say that mine does, but yeah, be, being aware of it or, or at least having the idea planted in your mind and then experimenting for yourself is is, is definitely valuable. Yeah, for um, sure. So that that was the style. Um, I, I guess. Do you have? And I'm stealing this from another podcast. But what is your like MCP dream project? Like, do you have one in mind? Or oh, that's a good question. I I know way early on, back in my Games Workshop days, I had this 
idea I wanted to do of like a diorama and the diorama was just going to be like a bunch of uh, uh what are they they're chaos it's chaos fantasy but they're not like the warriors they're like the dudes that just wear kilts there's a name for those soldiers and I'm not going to remember it um, but it was a bunch of them just fighting like a dragon and and like I always wanted to do it I even got the models to do it but I wasn't I wasn't talented enough of a modeler at the time and then of course this was back when I was an awful painter so I don't know what I was thinking even trying to tackle a project this big but it always made it to where I kind of really loved the idea of of some type of drama diorama like something that's interacting with uh background in some way and like we had mentioned in the other conversation about kind of the tau stealth suit that's painted to look like the the wall that's behind it i i would love to do something like that with an appropriate character or something with uh uh, something with a character that either uses like clear plastic, like maybe maybe an Iceman, where you're painting some of it while leaving the other part of it like clear plastic, uh, assuming they make it in clear plastic, of course. Um, or doing that with like Shadow Cat, something like that. Um, I think something like that would be really cool. Um, yeah, but some type of yeah. diorama. Uh, that, that, that... Yeah, that, that's really interesting. Dioramas are really ambitious. I, I think that I, I I used to have ambitions of dioramas, and and I think I tried one. Um, the the one that I tried is if if you get the Anakin Skywalker kit from Legion, you have you have just enough left over. And I, I stole this idea from Reddit, but you have just enough left over Anakin bits to make him crawling on the ground like he just came out of the lava. Awesome. And I, and I had a spare, spare Obi-Wan from uh, from the core set. So my idea there that, again, I, I stole a little bit was to combine those two and recreate, you know, the scene where Anakin fell into the lava or, you know, got chopped up and then rolled into the lava. But, um, yeah, I, I spent two days on that and I realized that... Um, Tyromas are really difficult, like what you described, and mm -hmm. they're they're very ambitious, and yeah. um, yeah, something I want to revisit. But yeah, um, so that is to say, my my dream project is I actually have a few, and, and these are you know related to my my ideas for the worthy competition. So I won't give away my good ones. Oh, okay. But the uh, yeah, I know I know the competition's listening. Keep your the, secrets the, then. The, <laughs> the the one that I I. Don't think I'm going to do, but I really like the idea of is is uh it, it would be in the single miniatures category. So it's it's Thanos walking down. Um, so you know the scene in Avengers: Age of Ultron where the Scarlet Witch um but, you know gives Tony vision. Stark the vision yeah, of yeah. yeah. So it would be Thanos walking down you know those steps in that scene with all of the broken Avengers equipment around him. I'm sure that that has been done, but I, I think that that'd be a really interesting diorama to do well. Yeah, and yeah. you could do a lot with trying to get the focus point right onto Thanos while still, you know, showing all those other things. I think that that'd be a really interesting project. Um, you know, everyone fighting a dragon. You know, you could very easily do a cool thing with that in Sentinels. I think that that would be a really iconic scene oh, to recreate. Yeah, um, X Men versus Sentinels. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, you have to do a lot. I, I, so maybe I am giving up my my worthy entry, but you have to do a lot of um, conversion with that. That I'm a, uh, 
you know, I, I'm I'm a very bad converter. I've converted to exactly one model in my life, and it was Moon Knight. And boy, I uh, I'm not happy with how it looks. So I'd have to push myself a lot to get that done. Because I, I think a lot of the standard poses look a little weird fighting a Sentinel, but I, I think that would be a really interesting you know, dream project diorama to do. Yeah, no, that's that's a great idea. I can't believe that didn't even occur to me, too. Here I am getting ready for like the Sentinel release, all excited about it, and the idea, and, and talking about dream projects and dioramas, didn't even occur to me to do that as a diorama. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, if if nothing else, you know, I'm talking about for the worthy competition, but these these are just cool things. I, I I'm definitely getting an extra box of the Sentinels to do something with. I'm not, you know, 100 percent sure um, what form that'll take, but uh, I think it, you know, such an iconic thing. I, you know, it, it's it's a really cool um, release for me. I don't know exactly why, but the, the Sentinels I just think are like the coolest thing ever. Like I, I have no connection to like the old cartoons or anything. I just think the Sentinels are really cool. So I, I'm, I'm going to try to do something, you know, more display type with them. Gotcha. Yeah. No, for me, like that was my my childhood. I remember. I remember. Uh, I so when I was a kid, I actually wanted to be a comic book artist. I was really into drawing, mm. and I was re- I, I was super poor. Like my I'm like full blown trailer trash, like mobile home trailer park kind of thing. And uh, so growing up, I couldn't really afford the comics. So what I would do is I would go around to. Uh, different neighbors and like do chores pull weeds whatever i needed to do to try and get together some change and so i could get enough and because i was so into the art rather than get a comic book i would get a pack of like the comic book cards like marvel masterpieces or something like that and uh i remember uh, you know I was working with a group of neighbor kids on like some big project for somebody and our last day was going to be that i think sunday but there was X-Men was coming on and I, and so we made a thing where it was like, okay, after X-Men we'll go over there. And so I watched X-Men and even though it was a rerun, I was like, I don't care. It's X-Men. I'm watching it. (laughs) And, uh, and I got really mad because after the episode was done, I went to go leave and they showed up and they're like, Oh yeah, no, we already did it. And we already got paid. (laughs) And and so I didn't, I didn't get anything because I had stayed to watch X-Men. I was so mad. It was, it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess I guess it was in a way because uh, uh, you know, got to watch X Men. So no, that that for me is you know X Men, and I love the fact that they focused on kind of the '90s cartoon versions of them. Um, I, I really appreciate that. That's getting to see your your kind of childhood come to life. So that that's a big deal for me. Yeah, really cool. Um, so I, I think that's kind of all of the origin story stuff that we had. Did, did you have anything you wanted to talk about? Uh, not in particular. All right. So we'll, we'll probably start wrapping it up here then. I, I think that, you know, I, I said this at the top. I'll just reiterate it here. This is more of just like, a, you know, a for fun, you know, uh, Moriartis and I talking just about our experience with the hobby. I, I'm not sure how much insight there was in there for people, but I, I hope it was an interesting conversation at least to to listen to, you know, process and, and maybe thinking about growth a little bit. I think in the future, and maybe we can hammer this out because we never really talked about it, but um, the future episodes are going to be you know, a, a more routine format. Uh, we're going to do kind of a catch up, what we've painted, maybe any listener questions. Um, no. and, then, and then we'll focus in on a character focus. And uh, our idea, well, we're kicking around a couple of ideas on, on how to group them. Like, do we want to do one model at a time? Do we want to do, you know, by box or, you know, 
rival kind of packs like Spider-Man versus Doc Ock. So I, I think that what we had settled on was doing the rivals for the starter box. Is that correct? Yeah, kind of like, uh, you know, do one where we focus on both Captain America and Red Skull, do another one where we do Spidey and Doc Ock, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that would make sense. And uh, do you have a preference for which one you want to start with? Ooh. That's the hard question. I, yeah. I would say, I would say just because we already talked about it a little bit and it's it's so iconic, I said, let's just do Cap and, and Red Skull, especially since it's, Red Skull, the, the new one's going to be coming out soon. So it'd be a good it's, segue. It's time. Yeah, I was going to say, it's timely. We can give people actionable advice. Yeah. So, all right. So you, you will tune in uh, next time for, for that box. That sounds good to me. Um. I, I do have a Discord, so the link will be in the show note. Um, I, I need, man, I need to write down these uh, these outro notes. But we have a Discord. The links will be in the show note. Um, so, since you know this is a new podcast, um, the goal for the Discord is is one just to hang out. Um, I'm sure you have 15 different MCP Discords, but if you want a 16th one for hobby focused stuff, we, we are here and we will be happy to talk about it. Um, we we have you know two channels um, that will be in main use for for that type of discussion there's one channel that's just to show off your minis if you know you just painted something you're proud of it post it there um that is that is a place to just show off your cool mini something that you're proud of there's a there's another channel looking for you know cnc critiques and criticism where um you know if you post it there we will you know try to figure out what your goals are in the hobby and try to give you actionable advice to improve that model to meet your goal. So, you know, there's two kind of aspects where just a celebration of what everyone's painted because, you know, you know, I didn't talk about this in my origin story, but I just love seeing painted miniatures. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm very critical about my own work. Like, I think all of my miniatures look really bad, but I see someone else's model. I think it looks great all the time. So I really love seeing people's miniatures, you know, the show off your minis channel is just a celebration for that. Looking for CNC is more for those people who do want to kind of get credit get not criticism but get tips for improvement like right. what you should what what we think would take that to the next level so that is there for you if you wish uh, of course you're you're welcome to come in and chat um, we'll set up a listener questions there if there's something you want to focus on but uh yeah any, anything else i don't think so all right well i don't have a fancy sign off but uh we will talk to you guys next time all right have a good one